Hello, everybody. Thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, I think you're making a great choice by being here. If you're just showing up and you're seeing like three seconds, hang in here. Don't scroll away. And here's why. I know that things are difficult right now out there. But you being here today, you're saying to yourself and to anyone who's coming in contact with you, like, I'm going to deal with what's going on in here so that I can be a positive, powerful influence out there. And uh, so I just commend you. And uh, I recognize the, the depth and the difficulty of what we're walking through in this season, in this nation and really around the world. And so I'm just, I just want to applaud you. I want to say thank you and well done. And thanks be to God that he did not leave us in this mess alone, but that we are in this with the Lord God who does not sleep, who does not slumber, whose motives, directives, agenda, mission are still being accomplished on the earth. And uh, thank God for that. Uh, if you're brand new, my name's Tim Ingram. I'm the lead pastor here at Illuminate Church. Uh, if you're stopping by here online, please take a moment to help spread the good news of the gospel by liking this video, by sharing this video, and by making comments on the video. A lot of you watch this and you're silent the whole time, which is awesome. I'd rather you be here than not, but go ahead, jump in there sometime, press amen or say hello, say where you're watching from. We got people all over the nation watching us and... Uh, uh, you're not watching, you're participating with us. I want to remind you that tomorrow, Monday, January 18th, we begin our 21-day fast called Renew. And uh, you'll be looking on social media tomorrow. I'm going to post a video just beginning us in this brand new season of fasting for 21 days. If you need any help, you can head to this website right here. It's all of our fasting resources. It's going to be floating right here in front of me. Magically, you see that? Praise God for amazing video technicians like Bruno Arnezzi. He's the man. Uh, anyway, please head to this website and uh, you'll find everything that you need to join us in the Renew Fast. It starts tomorrow. I'm going to be praying for you daily that the Lord's glory would be revealed in your life as you disconnect from the world and connect to God. Disconnect by fasting and connect by praying. So that's what we're doing during this time. Well, Today, we're starting a brand new series to start the year. It's called, Called Out. I'm calling you out. Actually, I'm not calling you out. The Lord God is calling you out. And today's message, write it down, is called The Mark of Holiness. Are you writing it down? Are you taking notes? Why else be here if you're not going to take notes? Write it down. The Mark of Holiness. So what's this series called out all about? Well, you're going to have to just wait and see. You're going to build a little bit of tension, but I will get to that today for sure. But here's kind of a synopsis, a clue. Your life is more valuable than you ever thought. Even if you have a high uh, value of yourself, it's even more than that. You personally are more valuable than you ever thought up to this point in your life. If Just imagine with me, if this whole church, you sitting there watching me over here speaking. If, if this whole thing was a clothing store, okay, just go there with me. And you watching this were the clothes. So this is a store. You are the clothes. You can be the pair of jeans or you can be the shirt or whatever you want to be. Well, in God's clothing store, listen to me, there is no clearance rack in the back for the rejects. There's no discounted items, reduced price. Why? Because every single item is a window display item. It's that kind of material, that kind of goodness. So in essence, each of you is worth a great 
deal, certainly more than you think. And your worth is found in who you are and in what you were designed to be. Man. So here's a thought to begin with today. What if this year, 2021, we decided to live as we are and not as we wish to be? Like, I'm thinking I want to be this thing down in the future and I want to be that. No, I'm asking you to live as you are. And you may say, I don't want to live as I am because I'm not sure I like who I am. Actually, I am sure. I don't like who I am. In fact, maybe I use or you use some of these words to define yourself. Just see if any of these are words you've said about yourself. I'm a failure. I'm ugly. I'm undisciplined, mediocre, double-minded, lazy, shallow. I'm a quitter. I'm unfaithful. I'm hot-tempered. I'm a hot mess. And the only time I think of my body as hot is when I'm wearing a sweatsuit. (laughs) Which, for the record, those of you that are young out there, a sweatsuit is what we used to wear before they invented yoga pants. Which, by the way, 95% of people who wear yoga pants have never done yoga. Just saying. Anyway. That list is just a few words that people ascribe to themselves, and I'm sure you could add a word or two to my list. So, no, I don't want to live as I am because in some ways, in many ways, I don't like who I am. In fact, the beginning of 2021, you might say to me, I've made goals and resolutions to not be this version of me by this time next year. Now listen, I'm with you. I've been making goals and resolutions for decades. And goals and resolutions are not in themselves necessarily bad things because goals and resolutions do break cycles of complacency. They grow us in uh, stuff like maturity and productivity. Goals help get us towards the vision. So they're good. But here's the thing. If you are attempting to change your identity and achieve some sort of worth through your goals, well, then you've fallen into the same trap that I have in my life at certain times. And here's the trap. You are what you were and not who you actually are. That's a trap that comes straight from the lie of the enemy. You are what you were and not who you actually are, meaning you spend time living in the recollection of your failures. Even if the failure happened 10 seconds ago, you live in your shortcomings. And in your mind, those failures and shortcomings and whatever else you want to say, they define you. They speak to your identity and to your worth. So throughout 2021, I'm going to spend a lot of time attempting to infuse you with the truth of who you are. It comes right out of the word of God so that you can live as you are, not as you were. Paul writes in the book, Galatians chapter two, verse 20. This is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. He says this, I, which anybody could be the I, that could be you. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That is who I am, not who I was. Who I was is me living in me. Now it is Christ living in me. And now listen what he says, the life I now live, not in the life I hope to live, not in the life that may one day come if I pray enough and work hard enough. It's the life I now presently live in this body. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He also gave himself for you out there listening. So 
here, here's a statement, and I want you to write this down. And if you're a tweeter, I want you to tweet it out. You can put it in your Snapgram or your Instabook or whatever you want to do. Here's the statement. Your identity in Christ is not a goal to be achieved, but a reality to be believed. Come on. Somebody say amen. Somebody shout, type, glory, hallelujah. If you type it all in caps, you're shouting it. <laughs> well, there are two particular series later in this year that we're going to tackle that really dive deep into identity. Number one, we'll start at Easter. It's called I Am, You Are. God is the I Am and You Are is us. Who God is shapes who we are. And the second one is another one that we'll do over the summer called This I Declare. Declaring your, over your life the truth of who you are and what you can do. These two will help drive home our, our true identity in Jesus and help us discover who we are in Christ. That's one of the things that we do here at Illuminate Church. We help people discover who they are in Christ. But before we journey any further into identity transformation, I have got to tell you the why. Why does living in your true identity matter? Is it so we can feel better about ourselves? Like, hey, if I know who I am, I'm going to feel a lot better. I believe that's a byproduct that you will feel better about yourself when you know your true identity, but it's not the reason we need to know our identity. Why does this identity matter? And here's why. Because God has a very specific plan for your life, and it's very powerful, this plan. And it, it's actually quite humbling to understand what God believes you are capable of and what God has designed you to be and what God has designed you to do. But it's the truth. God has big dreams, big plans for you. And to put it in a nutshell, here's the divine plan. God's design for your life is for you to be holy. I don't know how that hits your spirit, but from heaven, when he's making you and dreaming of what you will be, the plan involves you being holy. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 16, we read, Therefore, I'm just going to read it out of my word here, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had. This is the previous life, who you were when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. That's God's design for your life. And I can hear you sitting in your couch now and be like, well, that's settled. I'm not going to fulfill God's plan for my life because I could never be holy. Like, seriously, great talk preacher, you just encouraged me. Zero. I feel discouraged that you set a goal that I cannot achieve and I'm going to walk away feeling like a failure. Well, listen, if you feel that way, then I have good news for you. Your understanding of the word holy and why holiness still matters this very day, January 17th, 2021. Well, all of your thoughts about holiness are about to get an uplift, a facelift. I'll tell you what holiness doesn't mean. And this is where some of us get tripped up. Holiness, holiness does not mean perfect and sinless. That's called righteousness. 
And sometimes we get the two terms confused. They're very, very closely related, but they're distinctive. Righteousness is what it means to be in right standing with God. There's no debts owed that Jesus has forgiven and paid the debts of all of our sins, forgiven us completely. Jesus purchased us our righteousness on the cross. And by faith in Jesus, this righteousness is applied to us. That is worth a hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Well, holiness is not righteousness. It's something quite as beautiful, but they're distinct. Holiness is also not antiquated. It's not some ancient thing. When I would think of the word holy previously, I would typically think of one thing. It just would always come to mind, and it was our old family Bible growing up. And when I say family Bible, I mean it's the Bible that sat on the shelf. It's, uh, we didn't call it Bible, by the way. We called it the Holy Bible. And it was about as big as a phone book. It came out once a year. We would take it out at Christmas and read the Christmas story. It was a thing of beauty, but in my mind, it was kind of like this relic on the shelf, something nice. It looked like a piece of art, but we should never touch it. It's special and in some ways not relevant to my life. I mean, that's what I thought and how wrong was I? But that was my perception of holiness. Holiness is ancient, untouchable, something to be looked at and admired, but not something relevant to my life. Today, we're going to dust off the word holy. We're going to make the word holy wearable again, relevant to your life, approachable even, because holiness is not antiquated. It's actually eternally necessary. And finally, this holiness is not impossible. What kind of loving God would give us a command like he did here in 1 Peter. He says, be holy because I am holy. Why would he ask us to do something and then make it impossible for us to obey? Next week, if you'll join us here, I'm going to show you exactly how God can make each of us holy. You are included. Me too. So today's goal will be to understand holiness and then beyond that, how God marks those that are holy. Remember, today's message is entitled, The Mark of Holiness. What distinguishes somebody as holy? How would I know they're holy? We're going to get to that in a minute, but first I want to talk about the word holiness. Holiness comes from two words in the Bible. One of them is in the Hebrew, uh, the language that the Old Testament was primarily written in, and one is in the Greek, which is the language the New Testament was primarily written in. Both of them together paint the correct, full picture of what God means when he says to you and me, be holy because I am holy. The first word is the Hebrew word for holy. It's kadosh. Everyone say kadosh. You just spoke, you just spoke Hebrew. You're a genius. Uh, kadosh, we find it all throughout the Old Testament. We, but just to give you an example, here's Isaiah, the prophet in the sixth chapter, the third verse. This is what he says. They, these are the angels speaking to God. They were calling out to each other, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Kadosh. Kadosh literally means to be set apart for a special purpose. So the angels, these creatures in heaven are saying unto the Lord, you are set apart and special. You are set apart and special. You are set apart and special. Holy, holy, holy. Huh. Well, we just finished Christmas season, right? And there's a tradition that some people practice of setting out cookies for Santa. 
right? And once those cookies are in place on Christmas Eve, even the kids know, the kids who love cookies and would eat any cookie they ever found, but they know these cookies don't touch these cookies. They are reserved for Santa. In the strictest sense of the term, those cookies are kadosh. They're holy. They're set apart for a special purpose. There's also another way to look at it. There used to be a time where there was a chair in most homes that was kadosh. It was usually a lazy boy style chair, a recliner. Some of you follow me along. It was reserved for dad only. Don't sit in dad's chair. It's kadosh. (laughs) Now, in the history of God and his people, the nation of Israel is kadosh. Why? Because from the very beginning, they were separated from other nations as servants of God, separate for a special purpose. They're kadosh. The furnishings in the tabernacle, which is the place where the people, the Israelites, would go and meet with the Lord. Well, those furnishings, the table, uh, the bowls, the utensils, the lampstand, even the bread, they were also kadosh as they were not to be used for anything else except for the work in the tabernacle. They're set apart for a purpose. They're holy. Now, while we may not think of ourselves as holy, we are in fact set apart from the world to be God's servants and his representatives, which means we are holy. You are in Christ Jesus, are holy. This is what it means to be holy. You set apart for the king to serve him and his kingdom. And now to this idea of kadosh, let's add the Greek word for holy. It's hagios. Everyone say hagios. And if you want to be really Greek, you're like hagios. (laughs) Not haggis. That's some weird thing that they eat in Scotland and I think Ireland and sheep guts and not good. It's not hagendas either. That's good. This is hagios. And hagios literally means distinguished because like the Lord. Distinguished because like the Lord. To be even more clear, hagios has a concept that you are special because in many ways the characteristics that are inside of you are like the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Something in you resembles something in God Almighty. Now, I want to say something that's going to embarrass my wife, maybe, but it really shouldn't embarrass her, but it will. (laughs) Here it is. Christine, my wife, Pastor Christine Ingram, is beautiful. Can I get a witness? Can I get some heart star-like hand fist? Whatever. Let Let me dive deeper here. She has an incredibly generous smile. Her engaging eyes that she has. They speak such depth. The way her face just radiates with life. And there's so much more I could say, but truly, uh, those are private thoughts. But however, I will go on about her inner beauty. Christine has a strength of character that's mesmerizing. Her thoughtful and compassionate wisdom literally astounds me regularly. And her heart serve others. She wants to shower people with love and encouraging words. It's a wonder to behold. And you may be sitting there going, okay, this has gotten weird. Pastor's having a love fest for his wife in front of us all, and we don't know what to do. Well, here's what I'm trying to show you. My wife isn't just beautiful. She's holy. In fact, she's beautiful because she is holy. And what makes her holy? 
Everything I just described about my bride comes directly from God and is a reflection of God. She is holy because she is like God, like God in his characteristics and his quality and his beauty. He's dis- she's distinguished and special to the Lord. And guess what? You are holy too. You are beautiful too if you would choose to believe it. Jesus says, be holy as I am holy. And we need to remember that you are made in Jesus's image and his image, he is holy. You're made in that image. It's in you. Believe it. You are made holy in Christ. You are set apart for a special purpose. And we all together that are holy are distinguished, distinguished with the likeness of God. So what is it? this special thing that distinguishes us? What sets you apart? How how do you know you're holy? How will others know that you are holy? What is the mark of holiness? I told you earlier that the nation of Israel was kadosh, is kadosh, holy, set apart to God for a special purpose. I want you to see exactly where that happened in the scripture, where God made them holy, set them apart. It's way back in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 12, in the first book of the Bible, where God is beginning things, and he's starting this whole deal with the Israelites. And it comes to us in Genesis chapter 12. Here's what it says. The Lord said to Abram, the man that's going to start this nation, this is what he says, go from your country your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God took Abram and made a nation out of him. This people group, the Israelites as they became, was set apart so that eventually the whole world would know of God through them. He set apart a nation for a special purpose. That's why they're called holy. And God distinguished them by one extraordinary thing. God made them set apart with one incredible mark that he put upon them. And it wasn't a uniform hey, all these people are going to look alike. It wasn't even a particular skin color and it wasn't a particular talent. The distinguishing feature that set the Israelites apart from anything else was the blessing of God. That's it. The mark of holiness is the blessing of God upon a person, upon a nation, upon a company, upon a church, whatever it is, it's his blessing that marks them as holy. That's the evidence of their holiness. In his book, The Blessed Life, Pastor Robert uh, Morris writes that being blessed means having supernatural power working for you. The opposite of that, by the way, is being cursed, which means having supernatural power working against you. You don't want that. (laughs) The days of the blessed person are filled with divine, what people call coincidences. They're not coincidences. It's the blessing of God aligning things. And there's heavenly meaning to the circumstances that happen in their life. A blessed person may or may not be wealthy by the world standards, but he or she enjoys a quality of life that many billionaires would envy. And there's four separate points in the book of Deuteronomy 
where God tells those who will obey him that he will bless everything to which they put their hands to. You can just go check out Deuteronomy 14, 29 or Deuteronomy 28 verses 8 and 12. There's more in there, but just look at those. That's what the blessed life is like. Everything you touch does well. Blessing permeates every aspect of a person's life, health, relationships, work, family, emotions, uh, uh, thoughts even. It's the blessing that made the Israelites stand out to be set apart, to have God's favor upon them and working for them. It's this same blessing that God offers to you and to me through holiness, his favor upon you, his favor and blessing flourishing you. Imagine your marriage being holy, set apart for a special purpose because it's marked, touched by blessing. Imagine your kids set apart for God for a special purpose. Your kids holy because they're marked, touched by the blessing of God. Imagine your business set apart, holy for God, marked by blessing. Imagine your finances holy, marked by blessing. Imagine your influence separated out to God for a special purpose. It's holy because it's been blessed with power from on a high. I started today talking about identity, and I want to end there as well. The reason your identity matters is because your identity is tied to another word, impact. Your identity is directly related to the impact that you can have on another person. If you think lowly of yourself, if you think, I've got nothing to offer, here's what happens. You hide in the shadows. You believe you're not worthy of giving or even receiving anything of worth to or from another person. But if you believe (laughs) you have the riches of heaven and the power that raised Jesus from the dead living in you, well, then you suddenly recognize that you are a member, a supernatural citizen of the kingdom of God. And all around you, every person around you will be lifted in countless ways because you're blessed, you're holy. And that's what it means to think of yourself as holy, set apart by God for a special purpose, distinguished because you are like God. Jesus says, be holy as I am holy. I pray that you would receive that truth into your spirit today. Let's pray. Would you, I want to lead you through something here to begin your mind transformation. It's repentance, believing the truth that you too are holy. Father, in the name of Jesus, We thank you for your word, your counsel, which is truth. It's not confusing. It's not a lie. (laughs) It's simply the words of life. And as we speak them into our spirit, they are like a vitamin. They go in and your words do work in our soul and our spirit. They transform us and make us more into your likeness. And Father, I recognize as we talk today about holiness, there are some here today who say, man, I'm so far from holy. I am broken, I have sinned in gross ways. And Lord, those are lies from the enemy. And today together, God, I pray that you would reveal to us the lies that the enemy has spoken over us that make us feel less than who we actually are in Christ. And even as you're sitting there now, just take a moment, say, is there any lies I'm believing about myself that make me think I'm disqualified from the holiness of God? that I cannot be set apart for a special purpose because of X, Y, Z, these lies in my life. Is there anything that comes to mind? 
any guilt from a sin that you think disqualifies you, any past activities uh, between you and another person relationally, anything between you and the Lord, any inner vows that you've made where you've just declared lies over yourself, let them come to the surface. And then here's a powerful thing that you can do. You can renounce those lies. Father, in the name of Jesus, we renounce every lie that we have believed that is not in alignment with your character, your word, and your life. We reject them. We no longer believe them. To renounce them means I'm taking away the power that they have had in my life. They no longer have authority. Just like a king could renounce his throne and give up the authority, we're renouncing the lies and giving up the authority of the lie. And now in its place, once you've renounced the lie, receive the truth. You are marked for holiness because of the blood of Jesus, the power of Jesus' resurrection from the gruesome death he endured on the cross. And now because of it, you stand in righteousness. His blessing is upon you and he's setting you apart for a special purpose. And inside of you is the likeness of God, the image of God, the Imago Dei coming forth so that other people around you would feel the power and presence of God. Would you say this? It's hard to say, but let the Lord say it with you. I am holy. I'm holy. Because of Jesus, I'm holy. I am set apart for a special purpose. I believe this. I am called out meaning the Lord has called you out by name. I'm calling you into the kingdom. I'm calling you to go and work miracles on the earth. I'm calling you to go and be a message spreader of the gospel. I'm calling you out to go and make disciples. I have marked you as holy, set apart with a special purpose. If you believe that in your heart, if you've renounced the lies and received the truth in your spirit, then may it be so in Jesus' name, amen. And by the way, when you say amen, what you're saying is, I'm staking my life to it. I'm, I'm, I'm staking all of my spirit to that which I have just prayed. I renounce the lies. I receive the truth. I'm staking my life to it. Amen. And that's what amen means. And I don't need to have a little commentary on amen. <laughs> Enough of that. So, hey, thank you so much for being here today. Again, glad that you're here. There's a lot of places you could be being filled up with darkness and social media and news and gunk, but here you are allowing the Lord God to filter your spirit and let what's good remain. As you leave here today, uh, please head to illuminate.church slash connect, especially if you're brand new. We'd love to connect with you. If you have prayer needs, care needs, please take the next five minutes just to take one more step and be uh, connected to the church. Don't just be out there in cyberland on your couch and go away into the ether world. I'd rather you connect in, lean in, and participate with us. God bless you. We'll see you next week as we continue understanding this concept of holiness. God has made us holy. Hallelujah.